Welcome to Fatch TV. Fatch TV uses technology that is feature-rich and sophisticated, yet completely easy to use. Besides live, on-demand, and radio streaming services, we offer brand building, advertising opportunities, and professional services such as web design, video editing, graphic design, and more. Sign up today for your 30-day risk-free trial by visiting us on the web at FatchTV.com. Do you have a special gift that you'd like to share with the world? Then consider broadcasting your message on BTRN. The Bean Talk Radio Network is local, national, and international broadcasting with powerful programs that enlighten minds and change lives. BTRN hosts are passionate about purpose, motivating listeners to confidently move forward in the direction of their dreams. Become a part of the Bean Talk Radio Network today and contribute to positive change tomorrow. We are BTRN, the Bean Talk Radio Network. Experience the power of being. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance. Connect to source energy and expand your consciousness. For complete show listings, visit beingwithronash.com.
Hello and welcome to Being with Ron Ash. I'm Ron Ash, your host. We are live and local, national and international on great stations worldwide. For a complete list of our affiliates and showtimes, visit us online at beingwithronash.com. That's beingwithronash.com. Today you are Being with Ron Ash and Gary Ratcliffe will be talking about his book and career, uh, Life at the Top, 29 Steps to the Top of the Radio Sales Ladder. Welcome Gary, great to have you on. Boy, this book is power-packed. I wish I had a copy of this book way back when, when I first entered into sales. Well, you know, it took me most of my career to write it. I actually uh, actually started writing the book. Not really writing it. I sort of made an outline about 12, 15 years ago and Uh meant to write it it then. And... uh, I just kept putting it off. I had so many other things going on in my life. And finally, about uh, six or eight months ago, I just said, sit down, get the outline, write the book. There's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that could benefit from it. And so in in about a week, I wrote the book from the outline. And it's, uh, I've sold, uh, you know, several thousand copies already. And uh, the, the main reason for that is, the two most prolific writers on the subject of sales in the broadcasting mm-hmm. business, Jason Jennings and Chris Lytle, both got a copy of it, read it, and and came out and endorsed it. And um, you know, my sales more than quadrupled the next day. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. I can imagine because it, it's almost a manual for radio sales, and it can be applied to any other type of sales career as well. It as is. I was uh, perusing yeah. the book. Uh, I mean, I did. I read it a couple of times, believe it or not, but. Um, yeah. initially, it was a reminder about building rapport. And I started off in sales in a retail store, and I opened my own retail store. And that was one of the things that I told my guys, that when somebody walks in the door, you you want to make friends with them. Absolutely. It's just like uh, uh, friends of mine who own a restaurant. You mm-hmm. know, there's so much there's so much the, uh, to be said about when the owner of the restaurant either greets you at the door or comes by your table just to make sure you're very happy with everything, he's building that rapport. And, yeah. you know, my, you might get a mediocre dinner, but you're going to remember the, how much he cared what you thought, mm-hmm. and you're going to go back there and you're going to tell your friends about that. So, you know, the one thing, is, uh, yes, it is about building rapport. In fact, when I train uh, sales reps, I tell them, uh, if you go if you go on a sales call and you don't feel like you have rapport, I call it in mm-hmm. the book you read, getting the lemonade. Yeah. And uh, so and, until you until you get the lemonade, do not even try to sell anything no. because you're not you're going to lose most of the time if you try when you don't have rapport. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it may take you three or four times. To be in with that person before you actually feel the rapport, and what I meant by the lemonade is when the person uh, asks you to have a seat and stay a while, and they say, mm-hmm. "Can I get you something to drink, like some lemonade?" Yeah. Then once they once you know they like you enough to ask you to stay a while, then you've got rapport, and that's the beginning. And then a lot of the rest of the book <clears throat> is um, is uh, really about uh, not just sales techniques but about the psychology uh, of sales. You know, there's so much psychology in sales, and and I've been in the business 45 years, and uh, one of my hobbies is reading people. 
And uh, mm-hmm. somebody asked me, you know, somebody asked me one time, well, why do you, why is that your hobby? And I said, well, if you if you know how people, uh, you know, what makes them tick, you you know, that's the key to that's the key to the world. If you can that's know right, what makes you, people tick, right? You can't pitch everyone the same pitch. Absolutely not. No. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta be able to uh read them and uh you know and, and and you different people you use different techniques with. So um the reason I did it now I think is because uh, you know, I own radio stations now and I've just noticed that so many people that come and apply for a job in sales uh have no training whatsoever. Even reps who come from some of the larger radio companies that's in uh, in my markets they i ask them what kind of sales do you training do you have and they say nothing none yeah. and yeah. Uh, i'm like wow no wonder no wonder that uh you know revenues are down in a lot of markets it's because they the people are untrained but they they mainly just go out with a piece of paper and say we've got the cheapest commercials in town that's and right. uh, <clears throat> and so they uh they're hurting the rest of the the radio business by doing that because then it becomes a price war. Even though you're worth a hundred dollars for an ad, you know you may be forced to sell it for twenty five because that's uh-huh. what all the other radio stations are doing, yeah. and that <clears throat> they're just shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. So, now, you, I don't want to, you know, say when you started. You can volunteer the information. How old were you, and, and what year did you start in the radio uh, sales game? Uh, how, how old was I when I? Well, I got into radio when I was uh, in college. Uh, okay. I had no intention. I had no intentions of getting in radio. Uh, I was on, I was going to college, and uh, I was the chairman of a committee to have a, a battle of the bands to raise money for the college. And All right. uh, in our market, there was only one rock and roll station in our market. Mm. And they said, and I called them up and asked them for some free publicity about the the battle of the bands. And they said, well, why don't you come down and, and uh, voice the commercial? And I said, well, I've never done that, but yeah, I'll do it. So <clears throat> the minute I walked in and I did it, um, I knew that uh, this was this is what I wanted to do the rest of my life, mm-hmm. and I've done it for forty five years, mm-hmm. forty five years. And uh, but I've uh, I've done everything. Um, I've I've owned television and stations and radio stations and an advertising agency and newspaper. So you know I've tried it all, but really there's really nothing more fun and more profitable than radio. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your first radio sales experience. Well, the first time, you know, I was I was a very shy person, but I was um, when I got when I got on the air and with this rock and roll station, I could really be someone I wasn't really in real life. I could be a, a star. I could be a rock and roll screaming disc jockey, and uh, so that kind of helped change my life because people viewed me as that kind of outgoing person, and. Um, I, I want your audience to know that radio announcers don't make any money. Uh, I mean, hardly any money at all. Neither do TV anchors. They just don't make any money. Uh, in in medium and small markets, they might in large markets, but they don't make any money in small markets. I mean, in a market, in a small market, an announcer might make twenty thousand dollars a year. 
so I was making sixty dollars a week in radio. I was the mm-hmm. I was at the when I started I was the seven to midnight uh, disc jockey, and I wasn't making any money. And I just got married, and we had a baby on the way, and. I was I would leave my job at midnight and go to a donut shop at 4 a.m. and cook donuts. And uh, but I did notice that all the sales reps at the station drove nice cars and wore nice clothes. And mm-hmm. and so um, you know I I had gotten out of college and I didn't have anything to do during the day. So I uh, asked the boss. I said, Do you mind if I go out and try my hand at sales? And uh, he said, heck no, anybody that wants to sell, I want them out there. So uh, the first uh, few months, I was so afraid of rejection, I yeah. would sit literally sit in front of a business and talk myself out of even going in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, but after a while, you know, starvation started to come in this picture. <laughs> and, uh, starvation and the desperation. I knew, yeah, it came into the picture. And so uh, I went ahead and you know, just said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I went into a few places, and I found out that uh, it was much easier than I thought it would be mm-hmm. because uh, I had a, I had a little edge. I had an edge because I was probably, well, since it was the, top, the number one radio station in the markets in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, I was uh-huh. the 7 to Midnight guy, and I was, I was the most popular announcer in the market. And people felt like they knew me. They I already had rapport just because they listened to me on the That's radio. That's right. Yeah. You, <laughs> so, you showed up and you were you every day and they liked it. They liked it. And so when they met me, they liked me. And, and I, I had an edge over people that, uh, you know, nobody knew, uh, the, the other reps. So it, that was so easy. Um, and then so I started, you know, making the most of it. And then I started... Uh, you know, I've been training people for 35 years. Uh, I used to, at one time I worked for the largest group in America, owned by an individual. Uh, it, it, at the time, you could only have 28 FM radio stations, and they they had the maximum number. And they used to send me to all the markets to train people. But the one thing in the book that I think is really the uh, key is perception and i think that is with mm-hmm. every everything in life everything in life you know you know you that's what go... stood out so much in your <clears throat> book was what you said about perception a large oh, station yeah, I mean, a small station it's it, it makes no difference it's what you put out there and how people perceive it, that station absolutely and you know just by the use of the just by the use of the words that you use to describe your radio station or even any business you have, the way you describe and talk about it, you know, uh, plants these uh, images in people's mind, and that's what they look at you as. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, I think that uh, that might be, I think, there are four steps in my book, but I mean, there's 29 chapters, but there's really four steps in selling. The first one is, is getting rapport, and you can't skip any steps. If you skip a step, you're dead. <clears throat> the second, uh, you got to get rapport. Second step is you have to create value. Uh, you have to show, you know, wh- what your commercials are worth. Now, mm-hmm. and radio, radio is an intangible product. So the way you show your value is through perception, through okay. the words you use, through the images you show them in their head by the words you use. And um, 
So then you show value, and once you show value of anything, then that becomes what that's worth. And then the rest, then you have step three, which is just different techniques on different things to sell, on selling you know different products that radio stations offer. And then, of course, the last step is a very important step, and that is uh, exceeding their expectations. You know, you mm-hmm. have to, you know, if you do that, and one of the things about being, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, a local owner uh, up against these big, huge companies um, is because I can do things the big companies can't do. They're, you know, they're limited by the corporate guidelines. Yeah. I can go out and do, I can do anything I want to do. So that's, that's one advantage we have. We can go out and uh, make a live call in from a business or do just, you know, for no reason. We can just do things like that and we can make ourselves look even bigger than the, uh, you know, than the so-called big guys in the market. And uh, so, you know, my stations do very well because we have that, you know, uh, you know, we can, uh, because we can exercise, you know, our our own judgments about mm-hmm. different things we want to do, about different things we want to do that nobody else will do. <clears throat> so, uh, but anyway, uh, it's, uh, I, of course, on my book, I have a money-back guarantee, and not one person has asked me for any money back, and I've gotten oh, probably 300 testimonial letters uh-huh. saying, you know, uh, it's funny, most of them say, you know, I got the, Gary, I got the lemonade, <laughs> So that, and, and, they, and they made sales, so, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, um, that's a, this is my first book I've ever written, yeah. um, I do have another book on the way, but it has nothing to do with broadcast industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it has to do with love. Yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a Pisces. I'm a lover of love, and and it's called How to Love Your Soulmate. So, uh huh. Hey, well, that's, a, that's part, kind of a, a, a how to book you know, as well. <laughs> well, it is because well, it is because uh, you know I noticed that a lot of my buddies, my golf buddies, they don't you know they walk ahead of their wives. They don't open uh-huh. the doors. They they're more of like yeah. you know business partners than they are people in love, mm-hmm. and um, you know uh, I've I've just been so uh, sensitive, and I've grown up around my uncles and so forth. They they loved their wives so much, and they yeah. treated them so tenderly and stuff. I learned all of that all my life, mm-hmm. and uh, I just like I just wanted to write a book to share that. Yeah. So hey, I'm having a lot of fun. Happy life. Happy. Oh gosh. You're about to, I don't know how many women have told me that, about 500 <laughs> women. As soon as, as I mention the name of the book, the women say, happy wife, happy life, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that, that so, is true. That is true. You know, so, I think that when you're married, you should be flirting all the time. You know, uh, 24 hours right. a day. When you're awake, it's you should be flirting. That's what I That's right. And you'll get so, it back. You know, a lot of men expect it back, but they, yeah. you know, they want it back right then. But you will eventually, you will get it all back in it'll, spades. It'll come together. Oh, oh yeah. I look, I look forward to uh, 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 that book as well. Well, you know, we're talking a little bit about your first experience in sales, and then it kind of yeah. you learn more. You, you, you put all that information into the book, Life at the Top. Yeah. That was the business of radio back then. So what w- what time frame are we looking at when you first started in radio as far as the year? Well, in, in uh, 1968. Sales. 
So oh, in I started in, the, in the, 68, 69, 1969. So the late sixties, early seventies. Here we are now. We're, yeah. we're in in twenty fifteen. Yeah. How has has the radio business changed? How has sales changed? What can sales people do today to have a profitable career in radio? I don't know what they gave you back then as far as resources. Maybe you went out there and you, you filled up your car for a couple of dollars and you, you you made some stops and built some relationships. But, you know, today, cars are more well, expensive, I'm, gas I'm is more than... expensive. It's 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 a it's a difficult profession to break into if you're not with the station that's really giving you the support you need to get out there and build those relationships. Oh, oh you're so right. And uh, but what what has changed is what's uh, what's gone away, and that is relationship building. And mm-hmm. there is no, you know, the you know when the, when sales reps uh, like in this market I'm in now, there's 15 radio stations, and and the sales reps are very young. Most of them are in their mid 20s. And they just run in. Uh, they don't even spend any time making uh, rapport. They just run in. Here's a, here's the uh, package of the day. Uh, you can buy this many ads for this for five dollars a commercial. And they they spend no time whatsoever re- getting rapport. They spend no mm-hmm. time whatsoever during the during the running of the ads for the say it's a month. They they don't really con. They don't go back and talk to the the client uh, mm-hmm. to to make sure he's happy. And uh, so that's changed. But um, back when I first started, I mean, that was, you know, it was more professional and you really yeah. did spend time. And, you, know, I, you know, I knew everybody's children. I knew their birthdays. I knew everything back at the beginning. And I, and so, you know, and um, I knew what they liked and didn't like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I would, but nobody does that these days. But you know, that's it, it, the death it of them. Sense makes a huge difference and I've had have friends that have automotive dealerships and that have yep. parts salesmen that come there and one in particular told me one day I says oh I noticed you used to buy a lot of stuff from this store and uh he says yeah but they changed their territory sales manager and he doesn't know anything about me the other guy used to come in and he used to talk about my kids and they we 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 had uh you know what schools yeah. they went to and theirs went to that school and they they found that common yeah. ground which is so important yeah. You know, and this new guy came in, and guess what? He didn't even know why he did it. He just stopped buying from that business. Well, that's why he stopped buying, and he just didn't feel a connection. And uh, that is the whole problem today. Is uh, you know, the, they're they're just running around trying to see as many businesses as they mm-hmm. can, and they don't take the time. They just don't take time to do it. But uh, uh, they that is the one thing that's missing. So. Uh, it really hasn't changed as far as what works. What works is the relationships, and uh, and and then the use of the use of techniques like perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, today they just none of these big companies. I was shocked. I was shocked mm-hmm. when I found out that uh, Clear Channel and some of the other big guys do not do training of their reps. I asked. They're uh, setting I get, their reps up for failure, aren't they? Oh, absolutely! It's setting, they're setting them up. Them up they they're starting with zero dollars. Right. They're coming out of their pocket for gas and to you know stop at these places and their time. Uh, right. They're getting out there. They don't have time to build rapport because rapport takes maybe a couple of visits. And now you're being yep. sent out to uh, who knows how many businesses, maybe a hundred. You know, right. and and you have right. no training. Right. No training, and uh, usually, and that's why I see so many. They, you know, they end up getting frustrated because they're not making any money they're not selling they're not making any money so they come to me 
and mm-hmm. they're here. They're coming to me from these big uh, companies, and they're saying, "Can I? Would you give me a job in sales?" And I'm like, "What kind of training do you have?" Well, I don't have any. And I'm yeah. like, "Well, uh, you know, you know, here's a copy. Here's a free copy of my book. You know, come yeah. back in a few months after you read it." But uh, you, you know. Uh, and I do take time, uh, like I personally train everybody that mm-hmm. comes to work for me. I personally yeah. do it because I love, I love it. I mean, I could, re- I could probably read my book, you know, five hundred times, and I've probably read it twenty or thirty times already because it gets my juices flowing. I, I mm-hmm. read, and I, and I, I may, I'll read an idea in it, and I'll say, man, you know, we just don't do enough of that. <laughs> yeah, you know, we got, I got to tell my reps to do more of this in my book. And because uh, so, you can't, you know, you can't remember all 29 steps. Um, so anyway, um, a lot of, I probably trained a thousand people over uh-huh. my career, you know, but, uh, and a lot of them have gone on to bigger and greater things and they're in major markets now and so forth, which makes me very proud. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, I, you know, that's really the key. I mean, uh, all these big guys are sitting around, their revenues are down. I was just reading yesterday about one of the bigger companies, their revenues are way down and, and that their stock had dropped 30%. Uh-huh. And, um, and really, uh, it's, it's so simple that, uh, you know, if they just would spend the money, uh, for example, I have sent, uh, I have sent letters to, uh, you know, the top guys at these, you know, the larger groups and said, you really should get one of these books for every one of your reps. It's like, you know, if they buy multiple copies, it's like $20 for the book. I mean, who who wouldn't invest $20 in a rep mm-hmm. is beyond me, you know. They, and I that. said, if you know what, if it doesn't work, if it doesn't work and you don't sell more advertising, then I'll give you your money back. And, and yeah. they don't even respond. They think... They think that uh, they're too big. It's almost like they think they're mm-hmm. too big to take, uh, you know, to take any uh, guidance from a guy like me. You know? mm-hmm. But uh, I'll tell you know. the it's, weirdest thing, huh? I said it, I it's crazy say, how they just, like I said, and I'll say it again. You know, they they're setting their sales up, uh, salespeople up for failure. That there's no absolutely, financial support, absolutely. there's no training support. No. And they they have the idea that hey you know this is just going to be a revolving door and we're just going to keep getting new ones in new ones in new ones until eventually we hit they're spinning the roulette wheel. Well, the kind of that's kind of their theory is they look at it like well if I get a new guy in and he goes mm-hmm. out and he, and he sells five accounts and then he you know he quits because he's not making enough money well that's five accounts we didn't have and we'll just take the next new guy and it yeah. is a revolving door nobody uh, nobody really looks at it as a career anymore or a long term thing mm-hmm. but it it is the most fun uh occupation really you can have uh, and because it's so creative you know you basically yeah. create these ads but the the kind of the uh <clears throat> most interesting thing that I ever did in sales is uh I know a, I know an owner of a radio, I mean a newspaper company that owns uh, 49 newspapers all across okay. the country, and uh, he saw what I was doing with my stations, and I was doing 50, 60 percent increases, and he asked me what I speak to, uh, you know, they were having a big convention of all the his newspaper uh, publishers, editors, sales managers, so forth. Would I speak to them about sales? And I'm like. 
Are you kidding me? Here's a radio guy telling newspaper people how to sell. And I felt you know, so silly up on that stage, and they were looking at me like I was just an alien. Uh-huh. <laughs> they didn't get it. They didn't get it because... You know, when newspapers were kind of a monopoly, and they just thought, "Well, yeah. you know, we're the only ga- we're the only game in and, town." And they're not anymore. They're falling by the oh, wayside. With every generation that passes, less people are picking up that newspaper. It's become more of an advertised journal these days that people throw in your driveway than something well, you go to the newsstand and pick correct. up and read. Do you know what do you, do you know what the average circulation of newspapers are today? The, and I'm not talking about the big ones like the New York Times, nothing. But mm-hmm. in medium-sized markets and small markets and stuff, the average circulation is under 20 percent. That means 80 mm-hmm. percent of 80 percent of the households never see a newspaper, never. Mm-hmm. And that's why you that's why they're uh, dinosaurs and they are dying breed because. Nobody's reading them, and and they did try to uh, put it online, but mm-hmm. no one's going to read ad- No one's going to read ads online. No, you know it's too easy to get. It's too easy to get um, news today on your phone or all kinds of ways. It's you don't need. Uh, you don't need to wait until the end of the day or you know pick it up. Right, and it's and it's instantaneous. I mean. You know, you know, it's instantaneous. Instead of you have to wait the next day before you read about it, you know. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that newspapers have done that really made them famous, but they stopped doing it, which I can't understand, was, you know, when I was growing up and everybody did take the newspaper, they always had pictures in there of everything going on in the community. A picture of a That's young right. man that just, a young picture of a young man that just uh, hit a home run, a, a picture of a mother who mm-hmm. just uh, won won the bake sale or whatever, and that's what made r- newspapers fun to read. I mean, that's you can see right. pictures and read, but they they have basically fired all of their reporters, and they don't do that anymore. And you nailed it, yeah. because this is also the future of radio, because people are saying, hey, you know, radio does not work, you know. People aren't interested, and the big companies to save money are canning and piping it in from all over the place. It's losing the local appeal, and the local appeal yeah. is what makes people tune into that radio. Exactly, you know, and uh, a lot of the big companies are doing that. They uh, most of you, I don't know if most of your audience knows what a public service announcement is, but uh, hardly any radio stations even do with them anymore because mm-hmm. they uh, don't have to. They used to be mandated by the gov- by the government that you had to do so much public service, but you don't now. So ninety five percent of the stations that I'm aware of don't do hardly any public service or much much local news at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, now we do because I'm a big believer in you know uh, you know having those reports and and being able to provide the public i'm not i'm not just a my stations aren't just music music machines that get money for ads on it you know Mm -hmm. uh we we really go out there and say what what does the public really want to know you know let's make Mm -hmm. sure we provide it you know make Mm -hmm. sure we provide it and uh that and when you get that along with the relationships then you pretty much are you're going to have a winning a winning business, and a lot of people don't understand that radio is a business. It's not uh, just a jukebox sitting up in the sky for yeah. people to listen to. It's a business, you know. And we can't that we earn our we earn our money through the sale of commercials. But mm-hmm. you know, you, you you'll sell more if you're trained. I mean, that's yeah. and 
And I'm so thrilled with, you know, just in five months, uh, how many books I've sold and uh, mm-hmm. probably getting ready to getting ready for a second edition to come out probably in the end of the summer. Yeah. So, so uh, in Life at the Top, 29 Steps to the Top of the Radio Sales Ladder, uh, yeah. you talk about a lot of things. You talk about, uh, you know, how to sell advertising. You, you talk about how to create a copy that works. And uh-huh. more importantly, you talk about why radio advertising sometimes doesn't work. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, when it doesn't, well, there's two reasons radio. Uh, well, not just radio advertising, but any advertising. Oh yeah, doesn't any work. advertising. It's yeah. not. It's not just radio. It's, it goes for every kind of advertising. Number one is you have the the client, the the business, or the you know advertiser has to know who their mar- who their customer is and they you know if uh if i'm uh, if i'm a lady that has a fur shop and sells furs then i don't want to advertise on a bluegrass radio station because bluegrass ladies don't mm-hmm. buy furs for the most part okay so you're advertising on uh, but i do know a lady that had a fur shop and her husband is a car dealer and uh, he loves the bluegrass music, so he bought ads on there for her shop, but she got nothing from it. So the first thing I do when I when someone says to me, "I tried radio and it didn't work," I will I will ask them number one, "What radio station did you advertise on?" Let me see if you were even going after your target audience. And second, I would like to see how many ads you bought because you know it's a simple fact that you know the more times someone is impacted by your message, you know, the better chance you have of getting them in your store. So mm-hmm. you gotta have enough you gotta have enough frequency. And that's the problem with these reps that run around today and sell uh one spot a one commercial a day for five bucks each and one commercial a day is not enough frequency and it just won't mm-hmm. work. I don't care what your offer is. And so then the then the other thing is what is your offer? I'll ask the person. Well, what? What was? Let me see the commercial itself. Let me read it, and <clears throat> they may have in there that they sell widgets for a hundred dollars, but their radio ad sells said come in and buy widgets for ninety nine dollars. Well, there's nobody going in there to save a dollar on a hundred dollar item. Just not going to happen. I don't care how many ads you run. Just not going to happen. So. What I do is, um, you know, if if I talk to a businessman who wants to advertise something, uh, yeah, I feel it's my duty to tell him, you know, uh, what he has to do for it to work. And if if mm-hmm. he's not willing to do it, if he's not willing to do what I know from 45 years of experience, then I won't take his money because it'd be like stealing his money. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I have it. I had a guy come in several months ago and just sit on my couch, and he said, "Look, I've never." I've never uh, done radio before, but I like your station, and, and I'd like to uh, try try radio advertising. And he handed me three $100 bills. Well, in, at my station, that's in like eight commercials, mm-hmm. uh, six, or eight, six or eight commercials. And I said, you know, there's no way I'm taking your money. Uh, there's just no way because it won't work. Uh, no matter what your offer is, it just won't work. You know, the eight commercials won't work. So yeah. I said, look, you, you put that money back in your pocket. And you come back, uh, when you've got maybe $1,500 you can spend in a month or six weeks, you come back and I'll prove to you how it works. Mm-hmm. Well, he said, he said okay, but 
four or five days later, I was listening to another station in town, and I heard him on there. They took his $300. Mm-hmm. They gave him eight or nine commercials, maybe ten uh, commercials. And uh, I heard him for three days, and I have never heard him on radio since. And I guarantee you, if you went in to see that guy now, he would say, I tried it, and it didn't work. Because, I said it. You know, I've said it before in my business and it was the same thing basically the same thing someone came in they sold uh, me some advertising you know I, I i told them you know what i what i could afford at that time and they didn't really take the time to explain it to me and 17 years in business running a retail auto accessories uh chain of stores i never went and tried radio advertising again well i'll give you a shocking statistic which is uh you know gosh so unfortunate, but uh, 46%, 46% uh, uh-huh. try radio for the first time and never come back. Yeah. And that's that's for several reasons. One is it don't work because the, the rep did not, you know, mm-hmm. uh, convince, convince the advertiser of how many impressions he needed to make and what days and what times and so on and so forth and what kind of copy he needed to have. Because most of the people, uh, a lot of the reps in radio that write their own commercials, they're very lazy and they just write what I call mm-hmm. uh, a, a laundry a laundry list. You know, here's what yeah. this business is, here's what they do, here's where they are, and that's not there's no creativity in it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So they don't, uh, so it doesn't work. Things that so, don't matter. Uh, Over forty years that, in yeah, business, family owned and operated. Yeah, who cares? You know. <laughs> We've been in business. We've been in business. Uh, you know, a guy will tell me, "Make sure you put in there ad that uh, we've been in business a hundred years." I said, "Nobody cares. They yeah. just want to know what you can do today for him." Right. Well, make this is really the killer. I just saw an ad on TV yesterday for uh, the, the local real estate uh, organization. Uh, all the realtors. It said, "We are, we are a friendly. <laughs> we're a professional and friendly." I'm like, uh-huh. what What does that do? We're professional and friendly. Aren't you supposed to be? You know, it was the dumbest thing to waste that time on, I know. on that ad, on that uh-huh. ad. But there's, but see, a lot of problems with businesses is you still have the old guys running them. You know, yeah. you, you can, we're starting to see like car dealers, we're starting to see those dealers turn the business over to their sons uh-huh. who have a different, who have different outlooks about advertising. But as long as the old guys who are in 75 to 80 years old still running them, they think the advertising like it used to be uh, mm-hmm. is the way to go. But it's not, you know, it's no. just not. Plus, plus, you know, back in the old days, 40 years ago, there might have only been two car dealers in town, and now there's 15 car dealers right. in town. And, and, it, so, and also, uh, I, I noticed... Uh, in my experience at WJTW down in uh, Jupiter, Florida, is that the uh, pre-recorded spots don't work as effectively without the regular making a conversation about actually being there, being at the advertising, knowing about the advertising, kind of incorporating that into the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, radio is an entertainment thing. It's, you know... uh you you need to mix it up. You need you know we mm-hmm. we do run we do run pre-recorded, but we also um, you know go by we go by the businesses and we yeah. just say look we're we're going to go on the air live in five minutes, 
and we don't even charge the advertisers that advertise with us for that. And we'll just go on the air live for two minutes and talk to the owner about what you know the sale he has going on. And uh, you know that makes him think, well, these guys are different than these other big companies. Yeah. They they come around and do this kind of stuff. I'm that's where I want to put my money is in people that go above and beyond to it. So um, mm-hmm. you know, no, no but it, you're right. You, what you said at the very beginning is, and, and in fact, I'm really I've really been thinking about sort of rewriting this book and taking out the the radio part and rewriting mm-hmm. a book just on sales in oh, general. Oh, yeah, if it, you know. it fits in everything. I can look back at my career in, in auto sales and mm-hmm. uh, parts and accessories sales. I mean, this is a very value book, book for anybody that has their own business that revolves around selling or that is uh, uh, thinking about getting into the television, radio, or print uh, yeah. industry as a salesperson. I mean, these are key uh, steps, key points to really uh, – you know, blow up your career and really, you know, not waste all. Because you, you, you said it yourself. This is like forty something odd years of experience put into these pages right here. You know, do you want to spend time trial and error? You know, the training's not there, as we said at these radio stations, and there is a huge opportunity, you know, to get out there and start making money in the business of uh, sales, exactly. whether it's radio sales or anything else. You tell a very. And it doesn't take. It doesn't take that long to get trained you know i can i can train somebody i can train somebody in a week Mm -hmm. you know and then what i do is i i might spend a week training them and so forth and then i will hold their hand for maybe even a month every Mm -hmm. time they go on a sales call i'll have them come back to me and say what happened on the sales call what did this what did the advertiser say what did you say what the advertiser say what did you say and then uh, I can show them, here's what you should have said, and here's when you should have said it. And mm-hmm. within, a, within a month, they definitely uh, are pretty much fully trained and can, and can go out and do as well as the people that have been doing it for 15 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. But that's why you I know, can't understand the big guys. They won't spend the money on the training. Yeah. It, you, it, you also mentioned some things that I remember early on in my radio sales career that I was like, you want me to do what? You want me to invest my time and my creativity and, and, and produce a spec spot for this person that's not even a client yet? And you talk about that right. in, your, in your book, how important that is. Oh, it is. You know, what's so funny is, uh, you know, I, I'm a writer. I, I, I write I write about half of the commercials from mm-hmm. my radio stations and because I love it. I love the creative One part. One of my and favorite I, I, things. I never realized it. I, I mean, even you know, during my college career, it was not really emphasized. If I knew I could have got a, a, a position as a copywriter, I would have done it. I didn't uh, even know what a copywriter oh was after gosh. I got out of college. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, the one on the even being on the radio. Oh my gosh! It's so. Oh yeah, those creative juices. You know, my perfect day. My perfect day is I go into the studio, and I get in. And I might get. I see a maybe. I see a little clipping from a magazine or a newspaper or something, or uh, a client, a potential client, and I look at their what their uh, message they're trying to get across, and I, I. I start thinking about an out-of-the-box kind of idea for them, and I sit down and I write an ad. And uh, then I have it produced and voiced and the music added and so forth. And then I hand it to the sales rep and I say, you take this to so-and-so and and let him hear it. And the, the guy rep comes back and says, he loved it. 
Not yeah. only did he not only did he spend ten thousand dollars with us, but he wants a copy of it for all the other radio stations that he's using. And my thrill is. I get to ride around for a month or two, and I, every time I hear that ad, I go, you know what? That took me 30 minutes. It, <laughs> you know, it does sound great, and I got 10000 bucks for it. It Isn't sounds great. You know? <laughs> I mean, how, that is the thrilling part of the radio business to me is yeah. the creative part, you know. And, uh, and it's so much different than television because, you know, you, what you see is, you know, is it. There's no really theater of the mind where we can mm-hmm. create that theater of the mind in radio. So, um, and, you know, and let people's imaginations uh, do the selling for them. Uh-huh. But uh, no, that's the that's the most fun part of the business to me. Yeah, yeah. But I was on the I was on the air for I still am I still do about I don't know forty percent of the ads I voice them. But uh-huh. uh, for a long time, for twenty five years, I was uh, on the air. I had my own show, played music, and so forth. And um, uh, and I miss it. Um, but uh, now, now I'm into golf so much, it gets in the way of my golf game to have a show every day. <laughs> hey, you can be with the technology now. You can have wireless and you can uh, you yeah. know, stream directly from the golf, live from the golf course. Yeah, oh, that's true. I, you know, you're live giving me ideas now. Hole, it's Jay Gary <laughs> yeah. Radcliffe. Right. You're giving me ideas now. I might start doing that. I'm telling you, it's it's very easy. But you know, that's the thing too with the with the radio industry. We had a lot of mostly terrestrial. The internet came into it, and people like, eh, still, you know, it it didn't have the value there that they saw in the terrestrial uh, broadcast. But now there are just so many streaming stations, and the transistor radios of the past have turned into the smartphones of the future. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even more important, as we as we talked about, is really. For terrestrial radio is to give it that local flavor. We have to get back that Absolutely. local flavor. They've actually gone in the wrong oh. direction. Absolutely. I mean, I can be in Alaska and hear my station is just loud and clear, and it sounds so crisp and clean over my cell phone with uh, the technology today. I, I mean, I embrace technology. I'm not afraid of it. It doesn't scare yeah. me in the least. And uh, I think radio is here to stay for a lot longer. It, you know, it, people, it's wonderful people think to the combine. The technology yeah. uh, with the terrestrial station, because now reception isn't a problem. A hundred watt LPFM yeah. can be just as powerful as a you know fifty thousand oh, yeah. watt FM station in a major market area Absolutely. because you're getting out there. And if you're building rapport over the air, you know, with your listeners, then guess what? Like when I was down in Florida, I had people in all the northern states listening in the summertime up there by their pools. Oh yeah, I, absolutely. But you know, the one thing that radio, uh, only radio can do, nobody else can do it. No other medium in the world can do it. Is radio can literally reach a buyer uh-huh. two minutes, two minutes before right. he makes a buying decision. I That's could right. tell you, I could say, Ron, as soon as we finish talking, I'm going to go out to the department store out here and buy a pair of shoes. I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. We have a department store called Belk, the E L K. I'm going to go out to Belk buy a pair of men's shoes. And then I, I could be listening to one of my stations, and I, I literally pull up in front of Belk. I'm sitting there with the radio on, and I'm you know, less than a minute before I turn the key off and go into Belk. And I, all of a sudden, I hear an, an ad we run that says, you know, today only, all men's shoes are half price at J.C. Penney. Well, That's one right. minute before I went into Belk, Penney sold right. me away. You know, the, it, Nobody can yeah. do that but radio. 
and, and we can get it on air in the time it takes for that advertiser to make a phone call to the studio. Absolutely, that is right. And I, we do that a lot. We'll we'll be just having a conversation with an advertiser, and he'll say, you know, I got this big sale coming at this this weekend. And we say, oh, really? Let's call the station right now, and we're going to go on the air and talk about it. And mm-hmm. we'll do it. And uh, he never forgets us because nobody else will do it. The big guys would never give away a free ad yeah. like that no. and do it live. Um, do it live. In your book, Life at the Top, 29 Steps to the Top yeah. of the Radio Sales Ladder, you tell a f- incredible story about turning a radio around, yeah. radio station around, by changing yeah. the name and raising your advertising rates. Oh, well, there they went from $5 to 50 in one, in one day. They went, well, that one, that one was, uh, you know, that was... Uh, down at uh, on the outer banks of North Carolina, and it was right. uh, and uh, the owner bought it for. Uh, there was an old man who owned it, and uh, the station was at, not located on the outer banks uh, where they have 500 uh, restaurants. It was mm-hmm. located in inland in a little town I call Mayberry, uh, uh, actually Columbia, but I, I call it Mayberry because it looked like Mayberry. It only mm-hmm. had like a thousand a thousand people lived there. And this was the biggest FM on the East Coast. I mean, it covered, you know, it covered uh, all the way down past Wilmington, North Carolina, up up uh, uh, north of uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia. I mean, a uh, 300 miles range. But this old man, he owned a little AM station, and he was 80 years old. And uh, all the people, the little people that worked for him in Mayberry, uh, they all they did was sell the AM station because. Every package they sold was like two hundred, three hundred dollars, and those are easy to sell. And they didn't—they never even tried to sell the FM, which was a hundred thousand watts that covered all that territory, because they didn't know what they had. They didn't know what. They, number one, uh, they didn't—they just believed so much in the AM that they didn't try the FM. So anyway, um, what happened was. They sent me down there and said, you know, go down there and turn this thing around. And uh, it was worth about $5 million, just what they call the stick value. Uh, mm-hmm. It was worth $5 million, but the old man sold it to, for a million. And uh, so I went down there, and the first thing I saw the first day was the name of the station. It was called OK106. I'm like, OK, what a stupid name for a big... <laughs> Especially the biggest radio station on the East Coast. We're just okay. We're just yeah. okay. Give me we're a break. Okay. And we're fine you with know? that. Yeah, and, and but that's how these little people in Mayberry thought of the, thought of the uh, station and thought of themselves. They thought they still thought the candy bar should be a dollar or seventy five cents. You know, and and I go in there and I'm like, well, that, you know, that's the first thing I'm going to change. So then I called in. Uh, I called in uh, all the reps one at a time to my office, and I would say to them, uh, the first guy that came in, his name was Bill, and and uh, I said, Bill, uh, how much do you bill in a month? And he says, well, you know I'm the top biller. He said, you know, I do $7,500 a month. And he said, I said, how much do you charge for your commercials? He says, we just raised them to $5 a spot. I said, oh, you did? I said, well... Now you're part of the largest group in America. You're no longer okay. You're the largest group in America. And 
starting next month, I want you to sell $35,000 a month. He quit on the spot. He said, there's no way. There's no way I can do that. And so then I, I did the same thing with each each of the other reps. And I'm sure they talked about me for 44 years, uh, you know, how, what a crazy idiot I was to think they could go from 5000 a month to 35000 But that's what I told them I had to have. And so uh, they had never been anywhere outside of Mayberry. They'd never been anywhere, uh, you know, special or fancy. So down at the beach, they had a restaurant that was really, you know, four waiters for every table and four knives and forks and all this, you know, this kind of stuff. And I said, we're going to go to dinner. And I told the guys, I said, you know, I'm not going to make you buy a coat, but you do have to go buy a tie because you can't come Mm -hmm. in without a tie. So yeah. they come in, and it's, it's almost like kids at Disney World. They just their eyes were as big as saucers, looking around at all the, you know, the money and the plushness of everything, and how big the lobsters were, and so forth. And uh, so I stood up and I said, "Look, you guys, you got to get it in your heads that you are not okay 106 anymore. You're big. You're huge. You're part of the largest group in America." And you could see their chests getting bigger. They were getting mm-hmm. to be proud, proud because they saw that restaurant. And, and I said, "Look, this is what we do all the time. This is normal for us. This restaurant, you know." And so then I, oh, I had uh, redone the logo, and it, we called it Surf 106 because you know it was a beach radio station, and yeah. they had never considered they'd never considered it a beach radio station. But that's where all the money was, the mm-hmm. beach. So. Uh, I unveiled the logo and showed them the Surf 106, and and they left there, you know, believing that they were worth $50 an ad. And uh, then I'll, the only other change I made other than change what's the, what was between their ears, I didn't buy any new equipment. The only thing I did is I did open in the sales office on the beach and said, this is where we're selling now. We're not going to all these mm-hmm. little towns for $300, you know. So... Uh, all, the only thing else I did is I got a guy with a big voice uh, out of L.A. that said, Surf 106, the boss mm-hmm. of the beach, you know? <laughs> Surf 106, and the boss of the, the beach. The boss of the beach, you know? <laughs> and uh, the Outer Banks music station, you know? And that was it. Yeah. And all the all the uh, business owners would hear that, and they're like, hey, wait a minute, we hear, some, we hear something different than we're used to That's hearing. Right. And and then the reps are in there saying, man, you know, we're not that old station anymore. We're Surf 106. And, and really, within a month and a half, they were selling $35,000 a month each. And wow. uh, so in a year and a half, a uh, year and a half, I took the station from 300000 a year to a million four, and the guy sold it for $10 million. Mm-hmm. So he made $9 million in two years. <laughs> and that's and what I said. And you got your salary. <laughs> All I got was my stinking salary, and that's when I said, Gary, you are a fool to keep do this for other people. Yeah. Do it for yourself, and I bought my first station like in, in a month after that. I bought my first station, and I've owned about eight since then, uh-huh. and uh but it's but now I'm, I live in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, and this is uh, you know where I spend most of my time now. But, yeah. uh, so you changed so. you changed the perception of the listeners. You changed the perception of the advertisers, and and most importantly, you changed the perception of your salespeople. And you actually yeah. put them in it. You showed them that this is this is who you are. 
This is this is yeah, way right. you're going to sit there. They tasted it. They felt it. They saw the environment. They saw what they could do. And, right. and that gave them what they needed to get out there and do it. You exactly. overcame. Absolutely. You helped them to overcome their perceptions that I'm just this little guy trying to sell some ads. No, you're not. Right, exactly. You're a sales exactly. rep for a major, major, major broadcasting company. But that's what you do in all in all sales is you change the person's perception of who they of who they are of who their customers are of who you are who and so on and so forth. And then once you do that, then uh, you know then it's, it's easy. Then mm-hmm. I I want to say uh, one last time: life at the top. Twenty nine steps to the top of the radio sales ladder is not only a valuable resource for someone in any area of sales or in life for that matter, but it's also very entertaining. Gary, I really enjoyed the book. Like I said, I I read it two times already. I'm sure I'll read it several more times. Um, People can uh, uh, learn more about it at starpublishingcompany.com. Where else is the book available right now, Gary? Right now, just there. I'm getting ready. Uh, the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, we're going to put it on uh, Amazon so you can okay. and uh, so you can down, download it and read it. And we're mm-hmm. going to sell it. You can buy the book, or you can just buy a chapter for a dollar and fifty cents. You can buy a chapter and, eat, and buy as many chapters as you want and read them uh, online. And that, mm-hmm. that'll be coming up in the, within the next thirty forty five days. All right, sounds great. Anything yeah. you'd like to leave our listeners with today, Gary? Well, no, it's except you know, just uh, life is life is great. It is it is as great as you make it. And uh, you know, every day I get up uh, every day saying, you know, thank the Lord I have another day to be mm-hmm. creative and to cha- to do my to do my job in changing people's lives and trying to make them have a better life. So mm-hmm. if you sell more, if you sell more of whatever you sell. You will have a better life, an easier life, and so that's that's my goal right now is to share all my knowledge and wisdom uh, with, with as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate it very will, much. This book will help you um, learn to love what you do, and when you love what you do, it's just a matter of time before what you oh, love absolutely. loves you absolutely. back. Absolutely. All right, Gary Ratcliffe, Life at the Top. Thank you for joining me today, Gary. As right. always, you can learn about Gary Ratcliffe and all of our guests, past, present, and future, at beingwithronash.com. That's beingwithronash.com. We'll see you all on the radio real soon. Be peace, everyone, because peace becomes you. Technology that is feature rich and sophisticated, yet completely easy to use. Besides live, on demand, and radio streaming services, we offer brand building, advertising opportunities, and professional services such as web design, video editing, graphic design, and more. 
Sign up today for your 30-day risk-free trial by visiting us on the web at thatchtv.com. Do you have a special gift that you'd like to share with the world? Then consider broadcasting your message on BTRN. The Bean Talk Radio Network is local, national, and international broadcasting with powerful programs that enlighten minds and change lives. BTRN hosts are passionate about purpose, motivating listeners to confidently move forward in the direction of their dreams. Become a part of the Bean Talk Radio Network today and contribute to positive change tomorrow. We are BTRN, the Bean Talk Radio Network. Experience the power of being. Being explores the various modalities associated with self-help and spirituality. Master divine guidance. Connect to source energy and expand your consciousness. For complete show listings, visit beingwithronash.com. 